I'm Amelia. And I'm Sophie. And welcome to So Ma, So Good, Fruits Basket Refoot Podcast. Here we talk about, uh, now we're talking about the first season of Fruits Basket. We're both manga readers and we try and keep the podcast spoiler free, but anything that's been adapted to season one or season two of the anime, we're not considering a spoiler. Anything else, we'll put um, timestamps down in the description below, uh, as well as content warnings. Without further ado, let's talk about um, about this episode. This this episode has everything: transphobia, <laughs> inappropriate suicide jokes, a lesbian, <laughs> <laughs> two lesbians, two lesbians, <laughs> Dan Cortez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just weird directing moments. Like, just, there's a lot. There's a lot to to unpack here um, in episode 19 of Fruits Basket. There were a lot of choices made. Just, a lot of choices. Yeah. I, I mean, not all of, most of this is Takaya. Most of this yeah. falls onto Kaya's shoulders for being weird about certain things um, and inventing character writing characters that she she sure wrote characters. Um, <laughs> did did she fully understand the characters she wrote and the implications that they had? I don't think so. Um, but there were some also just weird adaptational like there were some weird things that we can um, blame. Uh, Ibata for, and we will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will assign the blame correctly. <laughs> yeah. There, there's just a lot. There's a lot happening here today in this episode. Um. Mm-hmm. So. Let. <laughs> yeah. Shall uh, we get into it? Yeah. We start with Michan. Uh, yes. This poor. That's my first note. Is this poor woman? Literally, why, why have they not fired Shigure? Why have they not, like, just broken his, like, been like, fuck this guy? Um, it's a competitive industry. I feel like if you're a complete nightmare to work with, you, unless you're, like, crazy successful, people would just not put up with you. Um, he is from a pretty powerful family. Yeah, yeah it's true. Um... I'm sure but, he pulled some soma strings to get uh to I mean he's 27 years old and he has a pretty successful writing career which is pretty impressive. 27 is pretty young. Yeah. Um so be that it be that nepotism. One of my friends is like a debut author and she's coming out in like April and uh she's 27 and she's considered like young to debut. So mm-hmm. And that's she her did. debut. Yeah, Sugar is like an established baby. author. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Um, His smut must sell really well. Yeah, it it really must. He must write <laughs> some, some sexy ass smut, I guess. Um, yeah. Um, but Michan's being Michan, doing her normal screaming at the door. Um, and then there was the weird leap. Why? Like, fucking... Oh, <laughs> when she jumps what? over, like, the entire flight of stairs. Yeah. 
in a single bound. Don't know why they gave her superpowers in that moment. Um, it was kind of weird and disorient. I was like, huh? Okay. It was, it was a lot. I don't know. It was weird. Dude, Michan could do anything. Michan can jump that far. Michan can, like, she's always, she could just pull things out of thin air. Like, she's always got something, some weapon to kill herself with just on yeah. her person. Like, she's all, yeah. like, she could just, like, conjure up some rope to tie a noose. Um, she just manifest methods of. She's magic. Yeah. Um, bumps. She bumps into Ritsu briefly, knocks Ritsu's fucking books over. Uh, Ritsu is the way Ritsu is. Toru comes to the rescue. Ritsu continues um, being Ritsu, and Toru's like, oh, holy shit, I found someone with worse anxiety than I have. Yeah. Yeah. The opening scene with Ritsu... It's very funny, I think. Like, I think, like, well, one, I think this is one of Sugar Ray's funniest episodes. And I think that, like, the phone call that he has with Michan, um, like, right at the very beginning, like, the way he, like, hangs up on her, like, it's all very funny. Um, when he, like, comes out and greets Ritsu, it's just, like, the the dynamic that Sugar Ray has with Ritsu is really funny. Um, and... Yeah, and I also like the dynamic that Toru has with Ritsu right off the bat, where Ritsu just completely steamrolls her, because that's what Ritsu does. Uh, yeah. What a chaotic cold open. It's, it's, yeah, it's a lot. Sh- Shigure this episode is, yeah, Shigure and Ritsu as a combination are so much. Nightmare. It's Nightmare. It's, it's it is, it's not, I don't. I think Shugure is funnier when I feel less bad for the person he's picking on a little bit. Like, I just, like, I don't know. When he's fucking with other people, I'm like, eh, this is pretty, like, okay, this is fun. And when he's fucking with Ritsu, I'm like, Ritsu does not need this. (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel that. Because Ritsu, it's just that Ritsu is the perfect target for Shugure because Ritsu is so reactionary. Yeah. I definitely feel bad for Ritsu and Shigeru's being a huge dick, but I also find it insanely funny. <laughs> like, like Kyo's really reactionary, and Kyo obviously, like, whatever, he goes through some stuff. It's not like he deserves it or anything. But, like, when Shigeru picks on Kyo, Kyo, like, wrecks his house. So it's like, you know, <laughs> there are consequences. In this equivalent exchange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, and and you're saying, like, when Sugar Ray makes fun of Ritsu, Ritsu just cries. Yeah, um, I just feel bad. <laughs> I'm like, Christ. Um, but... The other thing with Sugar Ray and Ritsu is that, like, Sugar Ray is such a bigot. <laughs> He's a fucking transphobe! He's such a transphobe. Yeah. And he, like, tar- like he's, like, totally, like, punching down. Yeah. Oh, listeners... Yeah, it's very I- mean. If you're not, if you haven't queued in by now, or if we haven't mentioned this in other episodes, which we pretty much have, we both just, like, think of Ritsu as a trans woman, because that's, like, functionally how she's written, even though they, like, don't call her that, and nor does anyone respect her fucking gender. But we just, we <laughs> use she, her pronouns for her, just because it feels right. It, like, it, <laughs> it would be I, so weird to refer to her as anything else. It's like, I feel like I'd be misgendering her. Um, yeah. It feels disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> so, and she deserves respect because no one else is giving it to her. Literally, except for Toru, <laughs> as always. 
As always. As always. Yeah, so they, like, settle down in the living room, and Ritsu's like, I brought you a gift, Sugar Ray's Jazzed, and it's books about fruit, which is, in my opinion, one of the funniest gags in, in Fruits Basket. It's one of my favorite. I think it's very funny. Yeah. The books about fruit instead of a Fruits Basket. Thank you. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, I do like, I like the very opening line when they go into the apartment, and Ritsu's like, oh... Am I intruding? It's Shigure without hesitation. It's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh God. That's <laughs> um, oh, so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then the fruit, the fruit books are pretty great. And just like, it's very much like, Yes, this, it's like, it's not only is it funny, but it's also just extremely characterizing of the way Ritsu thinks and the way Ritsu's anxiety, like, not only is she just like, has a hard time uh, handling social interaction, but she also just makes social interactions worse for herself because she overthinks them and then does like insane things. So she's like, I should bring a gift. Oh shit. But like, I don't know what kind of fruit they like, so I guess I should get them, like, books about fruit. Yeah, it's very much like, yeah, this is, like, how Ritsu thinks and approaches things and why it's a fucking mess. Yeah, no, um, totally agree. Like, it shows, like, Ritsu is considerate, but Ritsu just overthinks so much that she just gets in her own way. Yeah. Yeah. And Toru's like, oh my god, Ritsu's so pretty. She's yeah. so beautiful. Toru's gay. Toru's like, uh, <laughs> Gorgeous. Um, she has her little gay moment and then Shigure outs Ritsu because again he's a fucking transphobe with no respect for her um, such an asshole I feel like he like delights in it and like that's the worst part is that I think like yeah he thinks it's funny it's, <laughs> it's like, not what, funny it's remind I just watched um, Lindsay Ellis's video essay on like the history of transphobia um in I film. just watched that too. And this is like the gag of like, oh, it's actually a man and now everyone like Fruits Basket thankfully doesn't have like the worst like people generally speaking in Fruits Basket when they find out Ritsu um is in their you know, was assigned male at birth. Um they most, like, the two people who find out in this episode are Toru and Michan, who are both chill about it. So, like, at least that's, at least we don't have to deal with, like, you know, the, oh, shit, it's a man. And then, like, throwing up, which is, like, you know, it, it could be worse, I guess. But it's still, like, the idea that, like, this is, like, some, like, gag. Like, ah, psych, Ritsu got you or like or like I don't know like I get to like reveal this secret and it's like gonna be this like shocking thing when it's like is that really anyone's business Shigure is it <laughs> he's such a dick huge dick this episode yeah huge dick this episode so he like yeah so he outs Ritsu and Ritsu starts talking about how she aspires to be like IMA yeah <laughs> So, it's just, um, like, well, one, like, Ritsu's mind jumps to extremes, always. So I think, like, that's one part of it. Um, uh, and then the other thing is that, um, Aime is gender non-conforming and really unapologetic about it and really confident about it. Yeah. And Ritsu feels a lot of shame about the way that they, um, their gender presentation. So, like, 
I think it's pretty interesting that that's the character Takaya chose. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure it was because of the, the um, you know, the jumping to extremes with regards to confidence thing. But, like, also I am a... Yeah. I am a like, GNC. So, like, hello. I am a gunky as fuck. Anyway. <laughs> He's so gunky! <laughs> um, I also... Shigure has this, like... Because Shigure is doing this little, um... Let's challenge you you need to like toughen up and i it's like it's so telling of like obviously like i think he's like talking about theoretically like her anxiety like you need to toughen up and be less anxious but it's also i think very telling of the fact that i think like in fruits basket the narrative and the other characters treat ritsu um presenting as a woman as like a symptom of her anxiety and, like, the reason she does this is because she's anxious and because there's something, like, wrong and not because she's a woman. So, <laughs> yeah. And just, like, I, yeah, Takaya often treats, like, gender nonconformity um, as, like, like, something that's not necessarily you should treat with, like, revulsion or disrespect, but also it's a symptom of something being wrong with you mm-hmm. is, like, I think a very running theme. Uh, reoccurring thing you see in Fruits Basket. Yeah, I agree. Because also I feel like a lot of, like, Momiji's, like, the age aggression thing, which is a symptom of his trauma, um, ties into his gender presentation as well. But it's like... But also he states multiple times that he just likes looking like that. Yeah. Which is the same with Ritsu. Mm-hmm. Is that they're not actually related. Yeah. Yeah. And then Yuki, Yuki shows up, and he's a little asshole. It's <laughs> so that like Ritsu like bumbles this um exchange, and Yuki is so mean about it. And I'm like, dude, you also have really bad social anxiety. <laughs> like you're being such an asshole. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> like you know who Ritsu is. Come on, he's like. I think it's funny. I feel like Yuki is, like, more of a dick to the other Somas than he ever is. Like, at school and stuff, he's like, I am a fucking nervous wreck of social anxiety, and I will be hyper-polite to everyone I ever interact with. And then Ritsu's, like, dying, struggling, floundering through this interaction, and Yuki is like, you fucked up big time, and I'm gonna leave. (laughs) Just like, Yuki, what is fucking wrong with me? Oh. Yeah. No, he definitely is, like, I think he's just more himself around the Somas than anyone else, but then he forgets that, like, all of the other Somas also have, like, the same, like, not the same exact hang-ups, but, like, the same kind of thing going on, where they're all just, like, kind of off their rocker in some sense. (laughs) A lot of them have similar trauma, which produced similar problems in their lives, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I think Yuki can relate to the fact that Ritsu feels like a burden and feels ostracized. <laughs> yeah. Can relate to maybe feeling disconnected with their your own body and the way it's perceived by others. You know? I'm... I, they have plenty that they could talk about if... Considering how upset Yuki gets when he is misgendered. Yeah. Or when uh, Ritsu compares him to his very unapologetic, uh, unapologetically 
gender non-conforming brother and Yuki Yubi. It's like you're you've grown up. You look you're looking more like Aya every day or whatever the hell she says. And Yuki's just like goodbye. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Also, like after <laughs> after like Yuki like shuts Ritsu down, Ritsu starts like JoJo posing. It's so fucking funny. I don't know if you noticed, but like she's like apologizing profusely and just like literally like j- like does like twenty JoJo poses. It's so funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, then Kyo comes in. Then Kyo comes in, and there's another kind of similar social blunder where Ritsu's trying to be nice, and then accidentally just immediately is a heat-seeking missile for um insecurities <laughs> and pisses kyo and yuki off this time um it's a talent it's a yeah it's a curse uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ritsu, she's just trying to be nice <laughs> she's trying so but hard in the to worst be nice. possible ways yeah just like this like ritsu like has like ritsu just has foot and alt disease like, she just shouldn't have said any of the things that she said. So, and she has no way of knowing, but, she, yeah. Uh, and it's it's off, It's also just, like, this whole fucking nightmare situation is, like, orchestrated by Shigure, who's, like, <laughs> laughing his ass off while it's all going down. Oh, you're such a fucking dick! <laughs> this definitely uh, made Shigure's month. Yeah. He's fucking, yeah. That, this is Shigure... Uh, in one of his sort of peak chaotic evil moments. Um, oh, yeah. Just taking just such pure joy from the suffering of his cousins. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we have the line um, where they're talking about, like, why Ritsu dresses as a woman. And mm-hmm. Ritsu says, um, like, whatever, like, she's been doing it since she was a child. It made me feel calmer and it made me feel at peace. That is not... And so, okay, so here's the way that, like, Takaya is presenting this. Um, like, like the authorial intent is that because Ritsu has such low confidence that that's the reason she presents as a woman because, like, women can be, like, more, like, timid, less confident, whatever, um, than men are expected to be. But then to write in a line saying that dressing as a woman makes you feel at peace just screams trans to me like i don't know how you could possibly interpret that line other than she's trans it made you feel at peace i don't i don't get it and it's like yeah it's there's a combination of things like a that line is just like that sounds like having dysphoria alleviated or experiencing (laughs) gender euphoria like i don't know how else that to read that personally um and also like the idea that whatever dressing as a woman and presenting as one would like when you have really bad social anxiety would like alleviate you or would like make your life easier so you have like less social barriers that are like being gender non-conforming and being a trans woman especially puts you makes you an ex- like puts you in an extremely vulnerable position um a dangerous position often a dangerous position ritsu is obviously like the object of ridicule in their family it's obviously that they faced a ton of backlash for this decision um so it's clear that like the uncomfortable social situations that dressing as a woman 
brings to Ritsu is outweighed by like the sense of inner peace that presenting as a woman brings to her. So it's just like, I you brought a fucking trans woman to Kaya. I don't know how to explain this to you, but you brought a fucking trans woman. And like the other thing about like arguing that Ritsu is a crossdresser is like do like Ritsu presents as female 100% of the time. And being a trans woman is dangerous. And they live in Japan, which is a very conservative country, where that kind of thing is not... I mean, it's barely socially accepted in America, and we're much more progressive. It, like, really doesn't... It just, like, doesn't make any sense, the argument. Like, to 100% of the time, present as female, and also never correct anyone, where obviously everyone is reading her as female. Um, I mean, Ritsu does have the, you know, the Soma androgyny... um, is androgynous enough that like she passes um but yeah the like the danger the social backlash from the family like the like well she talks about the shame that she feels that she brings upon her family because of it yeah it just doesn't make any sense (laughs) yeah yeah so Uh, i don't i don't know how takaya accidentally stumbled her way into writing a trans woman but she sure did. Uh... I wish she had realized it because it would have been really interesting. Like when you look at the curse, um, like the curse is gender essentialist, right? Yeah. And how the curse would be like, uh, would cause dysphoria for Ritsu. Yeah. Because the curse would be discrediting her gender. Mm-hmm. That would have been really interesting. <laughs> <sighs> but no, it was just like, I don't I don't even know what to I don't know what Takaya was doing. Like I don't cuz I don't know if she was trying to play this I don't know what she thought what she was trying to achieve with this character. Yeah. I straight Me up neither. <laughs> I straight up cannot decipher it cuz it's not like I mean it's not like Ritsu's like a sort of like man in a dress comedic relief cuz I've seen that character and Ritsu doesn't really align with it very well. Yeah. It's just really strange. I don't know what Takaya was doing. I really wish I could ask her about what the fuck went, was going through her head when she conceived of this character. Um, Very strange. Um, but then Toru is the ally of the year and insists that Ritsu is beautiful and that her clothes suit her because Toru is an angel. Yeah. <laughs> and she's um, just so accepting. And obviously she can see that... That makes Ritsu happy. Immediately, Shigure is like, don't compliment Ritsu, it'll make the problem worse. Shut the fuck up. Toru <laughs> is a Bitch. lone ally in a sea of fucking transphobes and homophobes in this show. <laughs> and it, it, it's interesting, too, that, like, uh, like, Toru is presented as sort of, like, the moral guide in the show, you know? And who is, like, you should kind of, like, be taking lessons from and whose behavior is, like, considered exemplary. And Toru's always an ally. Toru's like, yeah, you look beautiful. Good for you. Live your life. But then the narrative is a fucking trans idol. It makes me so... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, Yuki is also pretty judgmental, but in a different way than Shigure. It's very, like, passive-aggressive. He's like, well, you know, what are you gonna wear? when you have a job 
like kind of thing like and that and like that kind of thing is such a passive aggressive family member question like are you really gonna present like that like in the adult working world like shut up yuki fucking like you think ritsu hasn't thought about that before (laughs) being such a little bitch god at least like yuki has the excuse that like he's a teenager he he's dealing with internalized homophobia shigure can suck my ass frankly yeah (laughs) i love him dearly but like (laughs) shigure has no excuse he's just being the worst he's just being an asshole like on purpose yeah um and like taking joy from it like yeah like delights in tormenting this poor fucking woman um Um, oh i did want to say that nakamura who plays shigure i thought that his comedic acting this episode was so good like every single line read was like incredible um it's one of his most like um like i feel like the way that he delivers his lines in this episode was very like diverse and intentional um he did Mm -hmm. a really good job on this app nakamura is awesome he is Michan comes back and the suicide jokes start rolling in. Uh, (sighs) I don't. So weird. So weird. So dissonant with other aspects of the story. Um, That it's like this weird gag for Michan, but it sure wasn't a gag in Momiji's backstory. So. well, even, like, within this episode, like, they kind of, like, well, like, later when Ritsu, like, goes up on the roof, they kind of start, they start to play it as a gag, and then they pull back the gag, and they're like, no, it's serious now. I'm like, but you were just, like, you made, like, 30 jokes about Michon killing herself, so, like, how am I supposed to respond to this? Extremely. Like, what are you trying to invoke from me, the audience? Yeah. Bizarre. The interaction between Michan and Ritsu is very funny, though, and I actually made a note of it because the sub and the dub are slightly different. Um, so, like, whatever, like, Mitsuru's, like, trying to, like, um, get in through the door, <laughs> and she's screaming, and um, she, in the sub, she says, you're done, right? And Ritsu says, we didn't do anything! Um, which, like, whatever, it's, like, a sex joke. But the joke in the dub is, like, 5,000 times funnier. She says, Mitsu says, is it good? And Ritsu says, I have no idea! (laughs) (laughs) And, like, slams the door shut. (laughs) God. I just felt it was clearer in the dub that she was, that, that it's a sex joke. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, we didn't do anything. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I just love a good sex joke about sugar, eh? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, is sugar and good in bed? I don't know. <laughs> also, what does it matter to you, Misha? <laughs> Um, well, yeah. no, she was, yeah, she's asking about the manuscript. Yeah, right, oh yeah, it's just... She's like, she's like, misin- Ritsu's like misinterpreting what, what Mitsuru is saying. Yeah. Um, so that happens. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and then they finally reveal that, uh, yeah, she's not a stalker. Fucking Shigure getting Ritsu to do his dirty work. But yeah, so then they go into the, they go back inside. Mitsuru's crying. Shigure's got the manuscript. King of writing his books by hand. 
What's dude, wrong with it's you? the 21st century. <laughs> well, I I thought he was like I saw him like typing, and then I think it. I don't know. I'm confused. Really? But, like well, on I a computer? Thought, like, when he was like re refixing it, it looked like he was typing, but maybe I just wasn't paying very much attention. Oh yeah, I think he's writing. Okay. Well, I don't know why he would do that, but he sure does. Um, Weirdo. He's like I bet he's one of those guys who like writes on a typewriter. Yeah, jackass. Um, yeah. <laughs> this was another very funny moment, like that I think that like Ibata, like his like we have, I've said this a million times, Ibata's strength is in comedy, and I think that it really showed in this episode. But like when like Shigure's like I finished the manuscript, and Mitsuru's like looking at it on the table, Toru comes in with the coffee, and Ritsu knocks it over. The coffee's falling in slow-mo. Like, Ritsu's... Uh, like, they show, like, Ritsu, Shigure, and Toru's shocked expressions. Ritsu's voice is slowed down, and she's screaming, like, no! And then there's, like, a moment of silence, like, right as the coffee, like, just spills on the table. I thought, like, that was such a well-done moment. Like, like I think, like, all of the gags in this episode were really well-delivered. That scene had wild sound design. There was like 800 different weird sound effects. I, I actually, I, I couldn't laugh. I was too distracted by all the like random sound design choices that were in that moment. I was just like, what is happening? Why is it? Why I did it? Just... That's funny. I didn't notice. Uh, yeah. No, there's like a bunch of weird sound effects. Like just a lot of them. I don't know why, but they really caught me. And I was just like, what are you doing? Yeah. He does love to add, like, very anime sound effects in comedic moments like that, yeah. I've noticed. It was fine, but it was very much like, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> these are anime sound effects for comedy. They sure are. Uh, so then, to, uh, and then Ritsu goes up to the roof to kill herself. <laughs> what? <laughs> Again, just, like, like, they go out, yeah, Ritsu goes up to the roof, um, and, like, everyone goes out onto the lawn, and the only person who looks remotely concerned is Toru, and the rest of them are all just, like, annoyed. Visibly annoyed. It's <laughs> like, Shigure's, like, Shigure's, like, entertained. Yeah. Like, Yuki and Kyo are just, like, judging. Which, yeah. why are you two judging? <laughs> I This was, um, a, a little note that I made, actually, when this episode came out, and I still don't no really know why they did this. But in the manga, and also in the OG, when Ritsu goes up to the roof, um, she actually changes her clothes, and I think she's wearing Sugar Ray's clothes. Um, like, it's like a button-down shirt and, um, like, slacks. Maybe it's Yuki's, I don't know. Um, but the point is, she's wearing men's clothing. And then in the reboot, they have her still wearing her furisode. So, hmm. kind of interesting that they kept her, that they changed the manga to keep her in the furisode. Yeah, huh. Strange, yeah. Don't know what that was about. Neither do I. Maybe, like... Well, like I... Maybe Ibata's an ally. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, but maybe it was to... I feel like maybe it was, like... It could be that it just seemed wild that... To, like, leave, get really upset, leave, go change, and then go up on a roof... <laughs> Like, yeah, it might have been it might have been a pacing thing. Yeah. Oh, that actually speaking of pacing, the pacing of this episode is buck fucking wild. Yeah, it's it, it feels like know. five different episodes in one episode. It makes it feels like your head is like 
I don't know, being hit with a bat and spinning around. Um, yeah, it's a very chaotically paced. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. So Ritsu's up on the roof. They're playing it kind of for comedy, but it's really weird. And Ritsu's being Ritsu and talking about how she doesn't deserve to breathe and shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> Um, and then Toru goes up on the roof and the tone changes and all of a sudden Yuki and Kyo aren't like pissed anymore and they're like oh no shit uh cause I mean who cares if Ritsu's fine but we don't want Toru on the roof (laughs) (laughs) shamelessly they do not give a shit about Ritsu but uh and there might have been Maybe I'm, like, wildly misremembering this. It might have been a thing where they were, like, not concerned about Ritsu being in danger as much because Ritsu's, like, the monkey and good at climbing and Toru's just, like, a person. But this might be, like, a revisionist history that my brain concocted (laughs) to make this more tolerable to me. Um, I think it's revisionist history. That's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that the reason they were reacting like this is because Ritsu does this all the time. That's how yeah. I was oh, I interpreting it. I thought that was, like, it. part of it, too. But, like, okay. yeah. Yeah, I don't think they mentioned anything about the monkey. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so my brain wanted it to be better than it was. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I want to talk about before... Because Ritsu, like, gives a monologue before Toru goes up onto the roof. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because, like, Ritsu basically starts, like, giving the, like, backstory exposition that every Zodiac gets to make. Yeah. Um, And it's just about how, like, how Ritsu's curse manifests as personal fault, um, which, again, pretty similar to Yuki. Um, And saying that, oh, so, like, there's a concept in this episode that is a very, like, big concept in Japanese culture, meiwaku, um, which is um, not troubling others. And this whole concept is because, like, basically Japan is, like, if you took the entire population of the United States and put every one of us in California, that's Japan. So, like, because they have such limited geographical space, they, like, it's an important part of their culture to be mindful of others. And so when Ritsu was talking about how they're, how she's a trouble for others or, like, a burden on others, the word that she's using is meiwaku. Um... So she feels that she's, like, failing, um, like, on a cultural standpoint um, because she makes trouble for others and that manifests both as the curse and as her gender presentation. Um, Also, the words that, like, she uses to, like, refer to herself in the past, she calls herself a crybaby and a coward. And I feel like those are terms that a lot of times are connected to, like, like very effeminate boys who might be gay or like trans like gender non-conforming like i feel like those words are kind of loaded mm-hmm. um so like she's not like um performing this societal expectation of miwaku she's not performing the societal expectation of masculinity um and so instead she's like going very far into this expectation of like being like very emotional and shy and like overly polite which are like traits normally um like associated with women and the zodiac thing just like compounds onto that um and it all just manifests as this like personal failure like i'm the worst like i need to like um be more considerate of others but i get so panicked while doing it um it's i wish ritsu was like 
better written because I think that like the basis of Ritsu's character is really interesting yeah yeah Ritsu's like kind of hard to watch for me just because she's always screaming and it's just like a lot (laughs) to unpack like it's just like rough to witness Mm -hmm. and not very like like I don't enjoy it um but she is an interesting character yeah I agree um and I wish she yeah I wish a lot of things for Ritsu uh one other thing just about like connecting this whole thing to like transness where like so she says you probably wanted a child you didn't have to apologize for which again like Mm -hmm. ties back into the zodiac thing like they felt like they had to apologize for ritsu's existence because they view their children as like human um but also i think that um this is relevant like if you're talking about it about like being transgender and how people especially people from cultures like Japanese culture, where the child represents the family, um, feel that they're bringing shame on their family um, by being, like, who they are. Yeah, for sure. (sighs) Okay, that was my spiel about that. It's good. That was a good analysis. A-plus Sophie, gold star. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) And then Toru goes up onto the roof. Then Toru goes up onto the roof. And this whole shit is, like, why- The thing about this that's wild is it both- It's, like, it's, like, an example. Toru's, like, you should keep living so you can find people to live for. Basically. Right? Um, Mm -hmm. and, like, the joys of living for other people. But it's really weird, because it's got this flashback, and she's like, I was born to meet you, mom, and- that kind of thing like and before it feels like in the example itself she's giving an or like in this anecdote she's giving an example of how this sort of mindset can be dangerous right because mm-hmm. she's like oh i had this like purpose growing up like i i lived for my mother and then my mother died so now toru like toru lost that person that she thought of as like the person she was born to meet uh and now, now what is she supposed to do? And obviously it's like she makes connections with the Somas and her friends and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, more function. You know, there's a wider, there's a group of people. Obviously, like Toru is not suicidal, I guess. But um, it's just like, it's a weird whole thing where it's like, here's an example of how living for other people can put you in a really kind of upsetting situation but at the same time, don't jump off the roof because you might because then you won't meet the people you're born to meet. I guess I don't know. Mixed messages is what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I thought that that advice was like I think it's like a good starting place for Ritsu because Ritsu has zero self worth and is suicidal. So like I think it's like a decent starting point to say like if you can't live for yourself then like live for other people um but i think yeah like with regards to toru like she yeah like you said like she lived for her mother her mother died it destroyed her and and i also don't really i i wish that toru like had grown out of this mindset because i think that like even without you know, after Kyoku died and she made all these new connections, like, I just feel like a lot of her self-worth is just very wrapped up in Kyo. Yeah. <laughs> like, even at the very end. And it's just, it's not healthy. It's And it's not, like, you shouldn't tie your self-worth to how other people see you. Yeah. Fruits Basket has a lot of, I think, 
really powerful narratives about like recovery and like learning self-love after being in really abusive situations and being in really like dark places mentally but I feel like sometimes it doesn't cross the, cross the threshold into like you're worthy of love just because you exist and every person is fundamentally deserving of love like deserving of happiness and deserves to exist just because they're a person and not necessarily and you don't necessarily need to get your worth from other people um but like I don't know I like I like fruits basket because I do think humans are social animals and I do think we need other people to some degree but I do think it can be a little bit like hitch your ride to this one person and your life will be fixed sometimes I don't think it's Mm -hmm. completely that because I think like you have like characters like Yuki and stuff where it's clear like the most transformative relationship he has in the show or the manga whatever the story is with Toru who is not his romantic interest um so I don't know it's like I don't know it's it's not like uh a huge my biggest bone to pick I guess was Fruits Basket (laughs) Um, but it is something that I feel like was a little ambiguous, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Just kind of weird. I did like, she did make a point, a kind of separate point, um, about, um, having to find a reason to live and decide what that is for yourself. Um, I did like that in relation to being trans. Of deciding, like, to live and what your life is going to be for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, also, um, the fabricated drama of Toru slipping and falling. I that was so fucking so annoying. Much. I hate it so much. Why? It was just like... It that didn't... scene did not... It did not need it. She was like, dr- like, tumbling. They blew like half the animation budget of the episode on her like, <laughs> limp body, like, tumbling down the side of the roof. Um, so annoying. Uh, yeah. That's just like, I don't know, like, like, why she's, like, shaking. She goes up to the roof constantly! Yeah, it was weird. It was like, oh, Toru's on the roof, oh no. And I'm like, Toru and Kyo hang up, uh, hang out up there all the time. Is this all of a sudden now the danger zone? I don't understand. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I didn't think the roof was, like, a problem. (laughs) It was really weird. Um... This is a, another weird bone to pick I have, but I think the way they draw tears is ugly as fuck. Um, it's like they don't draw crying right. It's just like two weird little white lines coming down from like your inner corner of the eyes. And it like is one like doesn't follow the contours of the face. And also that's not how crying works. It's not just like one like perfect stream like your fucking inner eye corner is a faucet that you're like trickling out. It, it's dumb. I thought it looks bad. Um... <laughs> yeah that's my take the crying in this yeah. episode looked bad <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i'm gonna so, have to go back and watch sometimes i have weird art hangups that appear out of nowhere and it's like oh right amelia has some mm-hmm. weird art hangups like when i was I mad about you. the cgi feathers and sophie was like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> yeah oh also i love that shigure you they show shigure yuki and kyo at there's like they're watching this, like, with their jaws on the fucking ground. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, They've never seen anyone talk to Ritsu with respect. <laughs> yeah. God. 
Oh, also, Toru's positive thinking, like, really rocked Ritsu's world. Because no one's ever talked to Ritsu with respect. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. So sad. Um, I didn't, yeah, so they, like, go and get the takoyaki for Shigure with uh, Ritsu and Mitsuru do. I didn't really have anything to say about nah, that. They're, they're, like, anxious little lesbians. Um, yeah, that's fine. It's fine. It's cute. I like that, like... It was, it was kind of clever of Takaya, I think, to, like, connect uh, Mitsuru and Ritsu. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I I know a lot of people ship them. Um, I think that relationship is doomed. <laughs> because they're, they both have the same, like, psychosis. Like, I think, <laughs> I think it would just be a nightmare. Um, but I think that they can, like, help each other cope. Like, I think it's, mm-hmm. like, cute. Um, I like Ritsu uses like the phrase like having the audacity to live, which I thought was like interesting and very much like I. It also I think it's like one Ritsu is one of the only characters that would like phrase it like that, and I think that's also a very like trans thing, like mm. having the audacity to live despite not conforming to society's expectations and living your life authentically, even though it makes other people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Good point. Then Shigure outs Ritsu again. <sighs> Bitch. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's Shigure's biggest character flaw. And Shigure did nothing wrong except for being transphobic towards Ritsu. Exactly. Every every other every other one of his actions were justified except for this. Yeah. It's like this. Please quote like- me on that. Like, a lot of his other antagonism is, like, to accomplish a goal. This doesn't do anything. This is just, like, yeah. This is mean. He's just being mean. He's being a little bitch. Um, yeah, but. But yeah, that's the whole episode. Wow. What an episode. There was sure a lot in it. Um. (laughs) Yeah, what a bonkers. I mean, it was funny. Like, I was, like, laughing the entire time. Yeah. I was, But that's because I'm a Sugar Ray apologist. I was experiencing things. Um, I was experiencing secret emotions that I don't even know oh what they God. were. You're experiencing <laughs> shrimp emotions. Yeah. This is also one of the episodes I remember the clearest from the OG for some reason. Hmm. I don't really know why. I just feel like I, I like watched it a lot. I huh. have no idea. Um, but I do have to say, uh, I love who they cast. The Japanese voice actor for Ritsu, I think is really good. Like, I think it like really, really matches, um, like how Ritsu should sound. Um, I really, I've never liked Mike McFarlane's um, Ritsu. Um, like Mike McFarlane's Ritsu, like feels like a man in a dress joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't like it. Don't and like Mike it. McFarlane does play man in a dress characters like all the time. Gross. Yeah. Get a better career, Mike. I mean, he also plays, like, Gene Havoc, but, you know, I think. Yeah. Anyway. Um, like, Ritsu's Japanese voice actor. Yeah. Did a good job. All right. Yeah. Take us out. Uh, thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to hit us up on social media, on Twitter and Tumblr at SomaSoGood. Um, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. 